eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rodgers, in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by this week's birthday girl, Perry Goldstein. Perry, for your birthday this year, I got you a new special teams coordinator, uh, Rich Basaccia. Unfortunately, though, he was a delayed arrival and he could not make it in time for the divisional round uh but he's here now so <laughs> yeah yeah happy birthday to me welcome rich um yeah i was thinking about this today i was telling you before we started recording i i frequent a uh radio show in lacrosse wisconsin with grant bills and grant has a very common thought about roster building and he's always says you know if a team is saying all they need is a quarterback all they need is a quarterback they're probably like a year too late with getting their quarterback because their defense is going to be like aged out and etc and when I saw the Rich Passaccia news I was like this is exactly Grant's uh, analogy with quarterbacks because it's just like it's just a little too late (laughs) and I'm very happy to have him and I hope that this transforms Packers special teams I think we can dive into it a little bit it's going to take more than just a new coordinator but (laughs) could have used him this year yeah I so I'm it's interesting you brought that up because one of my old coworkers uh, messaged me on Facebook actually when he found out about the Basaccia hire and he said he really liked him. And he said, do you think that it took so long because there was like, you know, any hesitation that maybe Rich wanted to confirm that Rogers would be back? I don't think it has anything to do with Rogers one way or the other, but I, I was interesting. You. That's an interesting question. I mean, I get that like, one of the biggest pulls to come to Green Bay, whether your personnel coach or player is Aaron Rodgers. Like that's fair. Um, I actually read that Rich Basaccia has a really close relationship with Joe Barry. Yep. Um, and they have like familial connections. So I actually would lean more towards that being the reason than anything else. And also it sounds like the Packers offered him a very lucrative, uh, very expensive contract. So he's also making a lot of money. So go with that over Rodgers. 
Yeah. And I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week when we were kind of looking at maybe what a special teams overhaul would look like or what it would mean. And I think honestly, the, the overarching theme kind of from whether like players or analysts is just that he's a guy that everybody's going to want to play for, which Mm -hmm. I think says a lot about special teams because, you know, it's not necessarily the the flashiest unit. You want to be an all-star wide receiver or an all-pro corner. Nobody really wants to just like, you know, cut their teeth on special teams. So if there's a guy now that comes in that, you know, the players are like really invested in wanting to fight for, I think that's that's going to go a long way for the unit. I agree. I I think it says a lot when you have all your players from this season because he stepped into a really difficult position in Las Vegas. Um, praise him and say how much they loved playing for him. And then even um, ex-players, right? I think like Will Compton put out Mm -hmm. a tweet and was like, Green Bay, you're getting like the most amazing role model and man. And um, when you're looking to completely rebuild an entire unit, you want a leader like that. I think you want a leader like that in general, but um, I especially am very excited to have a guy like that in the building. And also, that very much fits the Green Bay kind of way, right? Like very um, selfless, team focused, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. But again, I think it's going to take a lot more than just him walking in. Like this is going to have to be more like a culture shift. Like you just said, it. Everyone wants to be the star on either defense or offense, but he's going to have to kind of get the guys excited to be the special team stars. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting too, kind of with the way that Matt LaFleur has approached like construction constructing his coaching staff, where all of the offensive position coaches have kind of been in-house hires. And a lot of the defensive position coaches were existing already. He didn't bring in too much on that side of the ball. The Joe Barry hire was like his selection, which has turned out really well. But special teams again was always like an in-house kind of promotion. So the fact that they went out and had to go get him, I think also says a lot about, you know, LaFleur and the way that he's kind of going all in, even though, you know, like you said at the top of the show, it's just a little bit too late this season to be going all in. (laughs) But whatever, if the Packers end up having like average special teams for the next couple of seasons, I will, this will be a win in my book. Um, I mean, we actually talked about this in our last episode. We said like what the Packers do um, this move when it comes to special teams, I didn't expect them to sign someone this quickly. Um, we'll be like very indicative of the way they feel about the unit. And so obviously this move going out and getting the biggest special teams name coach at this point right now, besides Joe judge um, says a lot about what, where they want this, this unit to go. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's kind of crazy that we are still talking about special teams, um, which is something we normally try to avoid on the show. But (laughs) um, I guess my last thought on that is just, you know, it says a lot about the Packers in general and, you know, obviously want to be better on special teams, but I think of what it can do for a player like Jordan Love. If Aaron Rodgers isn't back and you can think about flipping field position and giving your young quarterback better starting position than what we saw for so much of this season with, you know, Aaron Rodgers at, at under center, you don't want Jordan Love to have to march 80 yards down the field at every, you know, every time he gets the ball or in his hands more. or more. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. You're always taking it. You're always taking it one step further and you're absolutely right. Um, I think it's just been a long neglected unit 
not just for the Packers, but for a lot of teams. Like, nobody thinks about special teams. Nobody is thinking, like, and then all of a sudden you look at the Packers 2021 season and you're like, special teams was their kryptonite. And then you think about a team like the Ravens, I feel like is always the example you go to with Justin Tucker and that unit of being, like, one of the best and how much they of an advantage they have because of them. And then you look at Evan McPherson with the Bengals, who's literally kicked his team through the playoffs to the Super Bowl. And you just kind of have to take a step back and think like this can't be a neglected unit anymore. It has to be maybe not equal to offensive and defense, but it needs to be taken seriously. Um, And I think that bringing in someone new, like you said, not an internal hire, might lead to some serious player changes when it comes to that unit as well. Like I keep thinking about, I mean, long snapper is probably gone. Boho is a free agent. Maybe they'd want to bring him back because he was adequate, but Mason Crosby, like we talked about last week, could be someone that, that sees a ca- himself being a cap casualty because when you bring somebody in from the outside, they want to get their own guys in the building as well. Yeah. I agree with you. So, you, I mean, you already kind of mentioned it a little bit. You had a nice little segue. You kicked the ball into the uh, the Super Bowl conversation. But what are your thoughts? Super Bowl Sunday coming up late this year, kind of surprising. Not used to it being in mid-February with Valentine's Day the very next day. But what? any early favorite? Heart say one thing, head say another thing, because that's where I'm at. Yeah, I um, I was feeling really, like, anti Rams until like this week because I just keep thinking about like how much Matt Stafford has given to this league you know he spent like so much of his prime really in Detroit and um we again on the radio today equated it to to the NFL's Azkaban which I'm sorry (laughs) Detroit Lion fans that's too funny not to repeat um and he really is such a good quarterback, so it's gonna be—it's not gonna be difficult for me to be happy for for him and a guy like Aaron Donald, right? Who who's one of the best at his position in the league and has never won. But I'm just so team Bengals. I'm just so—it's really hard not to be team Bengals in this situation. Everybody loves an underdog. Joe Burrow is ascending to being one of the elite quarterbacks in the league with his elite wide receiver in tow and has a young um, offensive coordinator and Zach Taylor. And they're just like a really great story. And I think also for being a green Bay fan, they're another smaller market team. Um, And the fans have never seen their team win a Super Bowl. The Bengals are one of the team, one of the few teams left without a win. So it's a little hard not to root for them, but I do understand that like they are the underdog here, obviously. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Mark and I do that too. Like anytime the Packers or the Browns aren't, you know, further into advancement, we always look at what teams haven't won yet. And those are typically the teams we root so root for. So Mark was hoping, you know, that if the Packers didn't make it, it would be the Cardinals because it's always fun to see new teams. And that's typically where I find myself, unless it's like the Vikings, then you know, no one gives a shit. Like we don't we I'm still not rooting for you in a Super Bowl. But I think like I think I could root for the Lions maybe to win one, but definitely not the Vikings ever. So I think my heart definitely says the Bengals, but I just, I'm having a hard time seeing that offensive line match up against Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, yeah. the, super, the super team, honestly. It's going to be a test. That's like, I think what everybody, I've been listening to a lot of, you know, Super Bowl preview shows. And that's really the thing that everyone's pointing to because you're getting 
the weakness of the Bengals is the offensive line. And then you're getting the strength of the Rams in their front front four. And they can get pressure pretty easily without even blitzing from their front four. So I don't know. Joe Burrow is going to have to either get the ball out really fast or just be prepared to get, take a lot of hits. Um, I hope he's practicing throwing the ball away instead of taking sacks. Um, but I also think that there is a world where the Rams – give him a couple running lanes and he takes off with his legs. That's always a thing that he can do. Um, the other thing that I'm looking at, which I'm sure everyone else is as well, is the Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase. Like, yes. is Jalen Ramsey going to shadow him, which is not really something that he typically does. When when they play the Packers, he kind of sticks to his one side and Matt LaFleur likes to move Devonta Adams around to get him away from Jalen Ramsey. So are the Bengals going to do that with Jamar? But at the same time, even if that is a kind of – all game man to man um battle the Bengals have plenty of other weapons for Joe to go to especially if CJ Uzama comes back so i think the offensive scheme for the Bengals is going to be really really fun to see what they come up with yeah it means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things but i think it i think it was at the pro bowl maybe or somewhere that rob Gronkowski was talking about uh Joe Burrow being like the quarterback that he'd want to go play with. And I think that's kind of, you know, funny or a fun discussion in general, maybe not for today's show regard because we're talking about the Super Bowl. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers talked about how like guys are coming to Green Bay to play with him. So you look at the Rams and the team that they built with Matt Stafford bringing in Von Miller, bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. And you wonder if teams like, you know, the Bengals or maybe the Chargers, teams that have really good young quarterbacks, are going to start having that same pull where it's, we have a quarterback on a rookie contract. We've got, you know, a specific window before we have to commit a huge chunk of money to this, you know, potential all pro someday. Are there going to be free agents that are like, no, you know what? I want to go to Cincinnati. I don't think anybody's ever said that, but now I do want to go to Cincinnati. No, I think that's a, absolutely a possibility. And that's what, that's the advantage you get. One of the many for drafting a franchise quarterback. You said it like the chargers, they have a really young, exciting quarterback in Justin Herbert. I still feel robbed of watching him in the playoffs this season. Um, But more than that, like both teams to use them both as examples also have star wide receivers, a, a bunch of pieces on defense. I'd say that are either ascending or already very good at what they do. And so, yeah, you can fill in with free agents if they decide this is the destination that I want to go to. I don't know if anyone's ever going to get to the level that the Rams have this year. I think it might – people are are looking at it like, is this going to be a new blueprint for roster building? I'm kind of in the camp like this might be a very unique situation. And depending on if the Rams win or lose could also mean who's going to want to replicate this in the future, who can replicate this in the future cap-wise. Um, but, yes, there are going to be – and Joe Burrow is going to be, you know – out there marketing the team for free agents and saying, come play with us because we're going to win for the next couple of years. Yeah, that's, it's super interesting, especially, you know, we, we talked about this all off season and going into training camp where there were such different styles of roster construction and the Rams were one example and they continued to, you know, go quote unquote all in during the season with like the splashy signings. And then they don't have any first round picks. The Packers, you know, brought in guys like Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. And do you think 
you know, if we're talking about Aaron Rodgers running it back, maybe for like one more season and the, if the Packers are able, we're going away from the Super Bowl now. I know we are. I'm sorry. We can go back to it, but just while we're on this, do you think about a, like, is there a different version of all in for the Packers? Do you ever see that front office trying to do something like the Rams if they no. get, you don't. Okay. No, there, the, unless there is like a total overhaul in front office, the Packers front office and most front offices should stay like this are they have their stock in the draft. They should free agency should be about adding those pieces where you can. I just don't think the Rams model is replicable. Now, again, if they win the Super Bowl this weekend, people, other teams are going to go out and try to do it because it's attractive. It's attractive Mm -hmm. because investing in free agents who have already proven who they are in the league is seems low risk, right? Like you go out and get a Von Miller. Okay, great. He's an all pro like Super Bowl MVP. You know that you're going to get some level of positive production out of him. You go out and get OBJ. Like you know what you're getting from these guys. It's lower risk than the draft, but it's more expensive. Yeah. And I just don't think that other people can do it. Now we mentioned two matchups for the Super Bowl already. What are you, what like, is there anything within this game that you have your eye on? Well, I mean, it's it's primarily that Rams defensive front against the Bengals offensive line. But I think another thing is just what kind of game Matt Stafford can play. Because we saw him, you know, mount comebacks and put together some really productive offensive performances. But we also saw him throw, what was it, like three pick sixes in three consecutive weeks or something. So, you know, he, he could potentially give the Bengals secondary some opportunities if, you know, I, I just picture like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connecting on a 70 yarder to open up the game. And then, you know, if the Rams have to play from behind or start to like force things, I think we could see the Bengals capitalize from that aspect. I agree. I keep thinking like, okay, let's say Matt Stafford has a clean game, like no turnovers. What are the chances the Bengals win this game? I just feel like the Matt Stafford turnover might be what changes this, like decides who wins basically. Is that too much? Am I putting too much stock in Matt Stafford's play? I don't think so because, you know, for every mistake that he makes, I think the defense can make up for it, that that Rams defense. If Joe Burrow makes mistakes or if he doesn't have the kind of protection that he needs, I don't feel the same way about the Bengals defense being able to keep them in things. And, you know, it's weird saying that, knowing that they they tore up the Chiefs in the second half of that game. And, you know, mm-hmm. the defense really kind of won that game for them in the end. But I just it feels like you're trying to create magic a couple weeks in a row. And maybe, you know, if, if there's one place to make magic, it's the Super Bowl. But it just seems like a big ask for that 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 Bengals defense. Yeah, that's how I feel too, actually. I think if you're watching Stafford and he's having a clean game and he's not throwing really confusing, confusing balls and even like some, because he has a lot of uh, like almost interceptions, you know, and if those don't seem to be popping up, I also think like who on the Bengals defense is going to stop Cooper cup, <laughs> you know, like he, he's kind of at, he's almost reaching Devonte Adams level in my mind. Right. At least this season he's having is uh, abs- virtually uncoverable. And so what the Rams did beautifully, right. Is go out and get OBJ and have, you know, Van Jefferson who who's a nice piece. And if Tyler Higby comes back, cause he's also hurt both teams, tight ends are hurt, which I find is very interesting. Um, the Stafford has other people to throw to, but if you can't cover Cooper cup, you're, you're done. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think that's kind of interesting too, with both offenses, you already talked about, you know, Joe Burrow having even Joe Mixon in the backfield, but you've got T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, obviously is a given. We'll see what they do with him. I I hope CJ Uzama comes back though, because he's been such a fun, like rising star this season. Yeah. I just hope that this game is high scoring. I feel like we're talking about this and I'm realizing how fun both these offenses Mm -hmm. are. And I don't know if you saw Ben Fennell's tweet this morning, um, but he he tweeted out that these are the teams who use the most 11 personnel in the league. It's like the 11 personnel bowl, <laughs> which I also think is really funny because it's also very – I mean, I guess we saw a decent amount of 11 with the Packers, but Malifor loves his two tight end and two running back sets, and this is like very traditional like spread offense, both of them. Um, so I hope that leads to points. I hope I hope it's not like the the last Rams Super Bowl where it was just so low scoring and boring. Yeah, I feel like this could be a shootout. And you know, I guess it kind of, it depends what kind of fan you are, right? If you are the kind of fan that gets bored by what we saw from the Packers and Niners in the divisional round, then you might not like the Super Bowl. But if, if you're, I do love a good defensive performance. I'm not gonna lie, I do mm-hmm. love like some sloppy, weird, like lots of interception type type game but with all of the weapons right like you got cam makers coming back and you have sony michelle and like you mentioned joe you just there's so many players to get involved on both sides on both offenses like it would just be a lot more fun if it was like a 38 35 super bowl do you think the inexperience of zach taylor means anything i mean i know sean mcveigh lost his but he's been there and he's been in the league for now a significant amount of time like do you think the youngness of a Bengals team means anything? It's a good question. There's pros and cons to both, I think, right? Like experience can give you only so much, but it can also jade you. And I think it can also make you do things from past experiences that may not be like applicable to this game, right? Like I don't, Sean McVay is smarter than this, right? But I can imagine he's also thinking about, okay, I remember like last time I was in this position, I made this mistake and I don't want to do that again, even if that same decision would be the right decision in this Super Bowl. And so I think there's something to be said for Zach Taylor going into this and like obviously understanding the pressure and knowing, you know, what the stakes are, but not having all of that history in the back of his mind, like clouding his judgment in the present. Um, otherwise, I think it's it's just another game at the same time. You know what I mean? You just game plan to play the Rams, and it just has to be a really good – it just has to be a really good game plan. Yeah. The, the last thing, at least I guess to me, unless you want to add more to this, is do you think it means anything for the Rams to be playing at SoFi? Because to me, last year, Raymond James, I thought that – made a difference for the Buccaneers. The way that we've seen opposing fans pack into SoFi, yeah. is it really home field advantage? I think it's going to be less of a home field adva- advantage than the Bucks for sure. I mean, just LA in general, and that's how I feel living in New York, and especially when I was like, at, when I used to go to FedEx when I lived in DC, like there's cities that are so much more transient and you just have fans from all over and you're going to have fans traveling to LA for this game that I don't know if it's going to be the same. I quite honestly hate, I hate it. I don't think the Super Bowl should ever have a home field advantage for a team. I think there should be a backup. And if this happens then you move to the backup location, um, I just think it's just so wholly unfair. But with that being said, I do think that SoFi, given what we've seen and how well fans travel to LA or just already live in LA, I 
don't know if it's going to be the same as last season. Uh, One last thing before we actually, I'm going to spring this on you just really quick. Okay. The NFL honors obviously are Mm -hmm. on Thursday. And do you have any, any predictions? I think we're both in agreement that Aaron Rodgers wins his fourth MVP, but you know, any say the 10th Mm -hmm. as in my birthday. Yeah. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think, I think I didn't, didn't some of them get announced already? Did they? I don't know. I saw a tweet that was like Rogers for MVP and Rabel for coach of the year. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I could have misread it. Um, yeah. I mean, Roger, I would be shocked if Rogers was an MVP. Um, the rest of them are kind of fun and up in the air. I obviously would love to see LaFleur win coach of the year. I, I don't really think that's going to happen. And Belichick for executive of the year. I think he deserves that actually. Um, I think offensive rookie of the year has to go to Jamar Chase. Yeah. And offensive player of the year, probably Cooper Cup. Yeah. I think they're pretty obvious at this point, right? Like defensive rookie of the year is going to be Mike Parsons. Easy. TJ Watt for defensive player of the year. So I don't know how much is going to happen tomorrow night. We're recording on Wednesday. Uh, That shocks me. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess, you know, I I could see the argument for Jonathan Taylor maybe to get offensive player of the year, but I think Cooper Cup has had just, you know, such a, I was going to say dominant. They've both been dominant at their respective positions, but it just feels more like Cooper Cup, you know, even though I know the playoffs aren't supposed to add bias to anything, but when you've got a guy that's about to go to the Super Bowl, I think in the back of your mind, at least a little bit, you know, it holds a little bit of weight. So, yeah. Score prediction for the Super Bowl. Do you have one other than it being high scoring, or at least mm-hmm. it's high scoring? Um, I think more realistic. I'd love to see. I'm not gonna lie. I'd love to see this be like an Evan McPherson field goal to win it. I just think <laughs> it's so poetic. Um, it it might end up. I just oh, I I can't. I don't know. I'd like to see it in the 30s. That's all I can say. I don't. I can't predict anything specifically. Yeah, 31-28, 31-24, 28-24, something around their field, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Well, this this Maybe does it. Season's over. How'd that happen? I know. Such a bummer. I'm what are we going to talk about? The draft, I guess. <laughs> the combine, the draft, yeah. whatever weird um, stuff happens in the coming weeks, you know, leading into the offseason. Saying a prayer for a chiller offseason than last year. Yeah, you know, get your get your prayer circle, your candles lit for a, a quick decision yeah. from the Packers about who their quarterback is going to be. I don't I know. Did you see the David Bakht- or the post he posted with David Bakhtiari in the sauna about off-season workouts? Mm-hmm. I don't like reading into things, but I that to me is like, well, it's, if it's the off-season for you, that means there's a season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but more to come on that. Yeah, they got to run it back for one more year with a healthy Bach and a healthy ACL. I don't know. We'll see. It's probably not going to happen. He's probably going to go be a Jet or something. But, (laughs) well, Perry, happy birthday. Um, Another year of PAX, what she said. Wait, Maggie, I think yesterday or today was our official PAX, what she said, two-year anniversary. I think it might have been. Whoa, look at us. The anniversary to us. <laughs> Birthdays, anniversaries, we've got it all. Perry, if the wonderful people listening at home want to follow you on Twitter and wish you a happy birthday, how can they do that? 
You can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Uh, please follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter, Pax, which she said on Instagram and Twitch. Yeah, and then you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Um, you can catch us both with the Pack-A-Day podcast and also find some of our work for Cheesehead TV. So thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. And Jones out in front. They're trying to chase him down. He's inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. The title is back in town. The Green Bay Packers.